Welcome back to Keep in Stock, the weekly sneaker podcast providing you the rundown on modern sneaker culture, upcoming releases from your favorite brands, sneaker history, financial analysis, guests, and more in fast-paced 20 to 30-minute podcast episodes uploaded every Sunday on all major platforms. So what is today's episode about? Well, I can tell you. We're going to dive in to Travis Scott's history with Nike and what he was doing preemptively before his Nike deal, which also begs to ask the question at this point in time, are these Travis Scott collaborations still on the rise? Have they stagnated? Or simply, is it beginning to decline and the hype for these collaborations dying down? Without further ado, let's answer those questions and hop right in to this week's episode. So first we have to ask, who is Travis Scott? Or better should I say, who is Jacques Berman Webster II? Yep, as a guess, that's Travis Scott's real name. Stage moniker coming from his uncle Travis, who he has high personal praise for, the Scott being his uncle's nickname in high school. But is Travis Scott or Jacques came up, born in Houston, Texas, moved around a little bit, went to college at University of Texas, San Antonio, up until his sophomore year, where he decided to no longer enroll in school and pursue his music career and move to New York City. In turn, it's worked out massively in one of the quickest rises into stardom we've seen in recent history. That career includes being a multi-platinum artist, BET, Billboard, Teen Choice Award winner, Grammy-nominated multiple times, Forbes 30 Under 30 for music and celebrities, boasting over 30 billion views on YouTube, 25 million followers on Instagram, and essentially at this point in time, being one of the main influencers in sneaker culture, whether that's him breaking out a pair of rare, unseen, high-valued Dunks, Jordans, or Nike models, or simply through his collaborations. And so that begs to ask the question, when did this sneaker thing start for Travis? I think you have to look a little bit further back than expecting. And I found it very amusing to find in 2013, Travis Scott signed a Reebok. I was very shocked to see this and they didn't really do much with Travis Scott. He was still on the rise. No official albums out. He had produced and published his mixtape Owl Pharaoh, which when I personally started listening to him was during this Owl Pharaoh phase. And before that, in 2011, he had produced Cruisin' USA with The Graduates as his first mixtape on to Owl Pharaoh in 2013 and got pegged as an influencer for Reebok. And they ran a campaign for him for the Reebok Classic Leathers in blue and gray designed by graffiti artist Stash, which we've seen Stash go on to do other collaborations with Nike and Adidas over time. But Reebok never utilized Travis Scott. And to be fair, he wasn't as big of a name today as he was then. I mean, no official album. Still before, days before Rodeo, which comes out later, the year after in 2014. So it is kind of a gamble. And at that time, hip-hop artists weren't the influencers for sneaker brands besides Kanye West, who Travis Scott is a protege of, signed with good music to produce, also signed under T.I.'s album label. But discography aside, right, Reebok doesn't do much. So he kind of does his own thing, builds his repertoire 
releases Days Before Rodeo, then 2015 releases Rodeo, which goes gold, silver, you know, everything. Then 2016 releases Birds in the Trap, Seeing McKnight, which at this point, Birds in the Trap, Seeing McKnight is huge. He's going on a national tour and headlining. He is inciting riots. He is all of the rage. He has a very dedicated fan base. Further, he's brought a new twist to hip-hop. He's got this rock energy with these rap lyrics and has fused them together almost seamlessly for completely fresh air of rap music to mainstream public at that time. And so in 2017, he works on a collaboration with Element Lang. And if you don't know who Element Lang is, they're essentially an Australian Austrian fashion house. Um, very popular today on Grailed for their streetwear styles. It was very minimal design, deconstructed, and essentially this was Travis's foray into high fashion and design as he worked on this campaign, put a few different elements on the shoes he worked with for them along with apparel and really got that first taste for designing your own product or working along a major brand as a key figure. As Reebok, it seems like it was almost just assigned to him this collaboration. It seems like here he starts getting a little bit more influence in the products he's making. And so after this collaboration in 2017, Nike is now on Travis Scott's radar. Travis Scott has rose dramatically since the release of Birds in the Trap, Sing McKnight. The growth from Rodeo to that album are phenomenal in its own regards. And at this point, we start seeing Kanye with Adidas. We start seeing that hip-hop influence slowly transitioning. We've seen Pharrell. We've seen Kendrick. We're getting this idea of you don't have to be an athlete to collaborate or have a signature model. And so in 2017, on March 26th, also known as Air Max Day, Travis performs for Nike in two cities in one day on opposite sides of the country. He performs in LA and New York City. And before he hops on stage to perform in LA, they give him the VaporMax model. And this is where Travis really starts to take off. Because I remember on social media, people were strictly trying to buy the Air Maxes that Travis was wearing in the day to night pack. He was wearing them on tour. He flies to New York City, wearing them, wears them to perform, and loves the shoe. And so during this tour, where he's switching between Vapor Max and a few other Nike models, he posts work in progress on his Instagram. Him on stage wearing an Air Force One that's never been seen before. Is an upcoming collaboration? Could this be the next move in his deal? No one's too sure at that time. But it turns out, December 2nd of 2017, we see the Travis Scott Air Force One release in the AF100 pack. And so this Travis Scott is essentially the all-white version of the Air Force One. It released alongside the Don C AF1, the Rockefeller, so under some very big names, at a very hyped media event, culture event in ComplexCon. Very limited quantities. People went crazy for a lot of these Air Force Ones. And Travis Scott happened to release his in that pack. 
And this is the first kind of style of that do-it-yourself themed sneaker for Travis. As we see with Off-White and Jordan Brand and Virgil had done a few pieces together at this time. And it allowed a little bit more creative freedom, I believe, for Travis when making or helping with this silhouette and colorway and styling to be released. Because you got to remember, they have the interchangeable swooshes with and designed after his Houston-based grill that he's always rocking. And some people took it a step further where they were dyeing the pair of these Travis Scott Air Force Ones. He even dyed a pair kind of a lighter green in this white colorway. And from there, the hype caught on. I mean, these were selling for thousands or a thousand dollars on the resale market. And everyone wanted a pair. It was almost a perfect silhouette to start with. Wasn't too aggressive, but it was unique enough to catch the eye of not only Travis Scott fans, but mainstream sneaker culture and mainstream culture in general. Because the chromed out swoosh, the unique styling, the flipped Nike Air on the heel tab, just a little bit different to catch your eye. And so from there, we have a little bit of downtime until Travis's next collaboration sneaker. And how does this come about? In a very shocking way. Typically, you have to think when you see collaborations with influencers, designers, athletes, it stays in one brand, right? LeBron's always been Nike. Giannis, Nike. Kanye staying with Nike or Adidas. And so Travis Scott, what's his next shoe after his Nike collaboration? A Jordan 4? Somewhat shocking, surprising, but nailed to perfection. And I think this is something that has gone not unnoticed, but isn't talked about often enough with the Travis Scott collaborations is how well they bring his personality and his personal touch to the shoe. And so the Cactus Jack 4, the Euler colorway, you know, that sweet, smooth university blue, the red liner. This was debuted during a Houston playoff game by Travis Courtside on national television and none other than Nike's premier on-court, off-court sneaker king by multimedia outlets, PJ Tucker. And so now it's debuted nationally on TV. Houston fans may become more aware of the silhouette or the colorway. National TV, red uniforms or white uniforms with university blue shoes catches your eye. And then we go on to see with this four at the same time, you're seeing the friends and family pairs of the university blue or the Oilers colorway with the different heel tabs, the highly sought after purple suede or Raptors colorway, the gray kind of olive colorway all across social media for weeks, months at a time. And eventually these fours go on to release on June 9th, 2018. One of my biggest regrets is I was able to purchase these sneakers off the sneakers raffle. And then I did end up selling them. I wish I wouldn't have sold them, but I'm happy with what I received in exchange in terms of profit. And I'll jump into the profit of each model towards the end of this, kind of give you a rundown on what we're realistically looking at. But now I look back on it, I just wish I would have kept my hands on it. And more importantly, this is one of the first Jordans that Travis Scott owned as a kid, a Jordan 4. And in an article interview, he states some of the first shoes he remembers were Air Force Ones and Jordan 4s. And that's what we're on so far, two collaborations in. So 
with the hype continuing to grow instant sellouts, what's the third silhouette? For the third silhouette, they don't try to reinvent the wheel or do anything too crazy at this time. They simply re-release the Air Force One that was released at ComplexCon in white, but this time it's in sale. And this sale off-white color seemed to be a little bit more popular because it's a little bit more difficult to get those dirty. I mean, an all-white Air Force One, everyone knows how hard it is to keep those clean whatever time of year it is, from a scuff, a splash, um, someone dropping something on them. So he releases this sale colorway that hides, you know, dust and dirt a little bit better. It's got all the same components, the inverted Nike Air on the heel, the swoosh. These release on August 10th of 2018. So the second collaboration of 2018. And, you know, this one still continues the hype. Great for streetwear, great for, you know, casual outfits as well. I mean, it's kind of a multifaceted shoe. It's an Air Force One. How can you go wrong? And so once again, another kind of dead period from August up until the official release being in May, but seeing a little bit earlier is one of the sneaker of the decades for multiple lists, at least top five, top 10 is the Air Jordan 1, Travis Scott. Absolutely crushed the internet when it came out. A dark brown colorway, not seen in a while. But the thing that stuck out the most, and I think you already have it in your head, is the creative freedom that Jordan Brand gave a hip-hop artist to modify a historic shoe and change the swoosh to a reverse swoosh. So, right, Virgil comes along, changes the Air Jordan 1, deconstructs it, gives it the off-white touch. A huge step. Travis Scott takes that step and builds off of it. And I think that's one of the things I applaud Jordan Brand for, is having the courage to change a historic model because that can be very, very risky in some scenarios. And so this shoe is seen by being worn by Adam Levine during the halftime of the Super Bowl with the pink laces. Once again, catches everyone's eye. Super Bowl halftime, one of the most watched events in American culture of the year. Travis is also seen wearing these on February 10th at the Grammys. He's wearing a low top version, but he gets to perform. Everyone's hoping that during this Grammy performance that he does get a Grammy nomination, a Grammy win. Doesn't happen so well that year, unfortunately. But after his performance, shock drop on his website and on sneakers simultaneously. Luckily for me, I was reading the Nike Talk threads, Twitter, social media, so I was able to purchase a pair on that drop, and I still have them today. I would love to wear them, and I plan on wearing them at some point, but I'm just waiting a little bit. And so what happens again here is the hype begins to build and build and build, and lightning strikes twice. Another shock drop on April 30th, Jacques Webster's birthday, or Travis's birthday. Another shock drop rebuilds the hype and continues to roll out the sneaker. And finally, on May 11th, 2019, they release, obviously sell out instantly. And Travis Scott has still gone at this point four for four on his releases. Two Air Force Ones, the Jordan 4, the Jordan 1. 
he's almost unstoppable. And so from there, what's our next silhouette? The Air Jordan 1 Low, Travis Scott. Another shock drop that comes out during the summer. Mocha Brown, reverse swoosh, low cut. I think was riding and helping boosting the popularity of the Air Jordan 1, which, you know, in these cases, I believe uh, Jordan brand tries to help itself and boost some things. Um, you know, as I mentioned, there's some sneakers here that Travis has worked on that I just really didn't feel like was necessarily worth going into, and that's the Air Jordan 33 with Travis Scott. I mean, it's moderately cool. It just wasn't a silhouette that you can pull off in multi-facets of life. Um, still had some hype, still sold out relatively quick for a performance Jordan basketball shoe. Um, but more so here, we're going for the shoes that really took off. So you could realistically say on, you know, some of these uh, collaborations he may have missed, but I really don't think the Jordan 33 was something he sought out. It's more something provided to him to collaborate on and see how it would do. And so that Jordan 1 low drops, surprisingly, a kind of a sleeper hit. At first, people weren't so high on it. And over time, it's continued to creep up and creep up on that resale market. It's continued to be one of the more subtle, quote-unquote, flexes that people have pulled out in NBA sneaker tunnels, celebrities on the red carpet, someone at your local grocery store. Um, and that's something I really enjoy about the Air Jordan 1 Low. It is very subtle. And so after that drop on July 20th, 2019, October 11th rolls around, and we finally get to see the Air Jordan Travis Scott 6. And you may be asking, what do you mean finally get to see? We saw it before. That's correct. Travis also wore these during the halftime show with Adam Levine earlier in 2019, which he caught a lot of backlash for performing in that Super Bowl because multiple artists had dropped out and said they weren't going to perform because of the Kaepernick issues in the NFL. Travis went ahead and performed, donned the Air Jordan 6, Adam Levine the Air Jordan 1, and then the Air Jordan 6 was kind of a mystery. People thought it would come out in the spring or summer, but it didn't. It just kind of faded away. We saw the Jordan 1 low drop, continue the hype, and then the Travis Scott 6 comes out in full family sizing, which I thought was phenomenal. I think maybe that's why they pushed it back, because they understood the hype behind it. It wasn't just for men's sizes, but what about the kids or the women with smaller feet, toddlers, infants, etc.? A great way to capitalize on the market and see a little bit more profit on their end, but also just feeding the fans is what Travis is all about. And you can see that when the Air Force One Cactus Jack comes out earlier or later in 2019, November 16th. This comes out, once again, another kind of DIY bespoke style with the camouflage, the corduroy, the duck flannel. And what was awesome about this, as I said, is the personal touch for Travis's shoes is that he gave early access to those who attended Astro World. So he was for his community. He is big for Houston. Because even when you look at when he dropped the Travis Scott 4 during All-Star Weekend, soon after they did the Cactus Jack Carnival, where another huge release happened. They had a basketball game. You know, obviously a ton of hype and kids rushing the court to meet Travis happened, but he was there taking pictures, smiling, hosting the block party for his community. 
making sure that he's always giving back and keeping touch with his true roots. Also with these Air Force Ones, he donated some or just gave some to a fan at the Made in America Festival. It's the first real look from real hands of this shoe. And after the terrible release of these, I, I hate to say terrible, but just the infrastructure on some of, of the websites, especially Travis's in particular, and the demand out there, are never go hand in hand. And so Travis tried to roll out this email submission system where you get a link. People were waiting hours for them to possibly have just sold out 10 minutes ago. Um, and so he did the hashtag all for one where he gave fans another chance to buy the shoes through social media tactics. And what's coming up next? Lastly, potentially the Nike SB Dunk, Travis Scott Low, maybe coming out in February soon. Maybe the 29th is what's rumored, but who really knows? So far I can tell you, Travis has now worked with almost every Nike subsidiary or family or branch. Nike sportswear, Nike basketball or Jordan brand, Jordan basketball. You have Nike skateboarding with this SB. Essentially, he's really just missing Converse in some regards. But the SB Dunk has that navy paisley on the panels, the earthy plaid. It's supposed to tear off the toe to cement print, the gum sole, thick laces. Really begs to ask, what's next for Travis Scott? And to me, at this point that this Dunk is releasing, I honestly feel, as I asked earlier, is it on the rise? Is it stagnant? Is it declining? I think with the variety that Travis has offered in these collaborations, he's maybe not as on a sharp rise, but he's still trending upwards with these collaborations and picking into different pockets and helping ignite new trends. And we'll continue to see if those trends keep hitting high on the resale market and high for demand and selling out quickly, or if he finally really misses on a silhouette that it looks like he wanted to put out. Don't really credit the Air Jordan 33 here. So now let's look at some of these numbers of the secondary and third-party markets for these collaborations. The Air Force One in the 100 pack, the white colorway, retailed for $150, currently averages on resale for about $854. That's a $700 profit from one sneaker. The Air Jordan 4 Oiler, MSRP, 225 resells for 622 so about $400 profit the re-release slightly variation sale air force one $150 retail resale 648 so you can see the original is a bit higher but it was a bit more limited and could be valued to certain people a bit more the air jordan one $175 retail resale 1000 $115 on average. The Air Jordan 33. As I say, I don't really count this in there. It did happen. However, $185 MSRP. Resale, about $260. So you're still almost making a bill back on those. And those are considered a miss. The Air Jordan 1 Low, the sleeper here, $130 retail. Resale for $763. Very subtle. The Air Jordan 6, $250 retail, $801 resale. You know, some may figure that number may have been higher, but I'm sure the quantity was 
slightly increased for these later releases. And finally, the most recent Air Force One, 160 retail, resale on average $595. And so, if you owned all of these pairs that have come to public, one pair, you'd have spent $1,425. And now if you would have sold all those pairs, you would have made $5,653. Roughly a 4x return on your investment. So you can see it's thriving. And that's not counting some of the unreleased sneakers that we've seen. I'm sure these SB Dunks are going to hit $500 to $600. He also has the Friends and Family 4s, the Yellow 6, the Green and Black Low, as seen as him wearing in the Grammys, the Jordan Trunners, which was actually his first typical or first collaboration technically, just never released. And then later we have an Air Max 270, which this again feels in the same category as the Air Jordan 33. So I just don't see, out of those silhouettes, Travis really wearing. So with that being said, and knowing the background for these Nike collaborations, Jordan collaborations, the resale hype, the pandemonium started by Travis Scott in the sneaker community, what are your thoughts? My thoughts? I think he's still rising. Is he rising? Is he stagnant? Or is he declining? Let me know on social media, and let's talk about it. And that'll do it for this portion on Travis Scott. Maybe we'll touch back later, or maybe we'll follow up. But moving forward, we're just going to take a quick look at some cool content from this week and upcoming sneaker releases. If you like what you've heard so far, make sure to follow us on social media, Instagram at keeping stock and Twitter at keeping underscore stock. Further, social media is always found in the show notes and other cool things that are going on with the Keeping Stock podcast. But the best place to find that is going to be following us on Instagram and Twitter. Without further ado, let's get back to the show. Let's get started with the upcoming sneaker releases on the 27th of January for $190. The Air Max 97 Golf Grass, Summit White with a grass upper. On the 28th, we have the Undercover and Nike React Presto Collection for $180. That's black, white, mahogany, three separate colors. We also have the Nike Air Barrage Low Quick Strike Super Bowl for $130. And the Air Barrage Mid Super Bowl for $140. We could also see the Nike Air Max 90 Turquoise in women's and men's for $120. Then we get the City Pack, potentially, which is the Shanghai, NYC, Tokyo, London, and Paris colors. We also see potentially a Nike Air Vapor Max 360, which is a very uh, interesting looking silhouette. We could see the Nike Air Max 200, which doesn't have a price point at this time. And this is mainly a lot of Nike running. We could see a New Balance 850 Black History Month, a 997 Black History Month, and an Omnis Black History Month from New Balance. Once again, it's going to be navy red with kind of hits of what looks to be gray or gold. And then as we move in to February, we get to see the Nike Air Terra Antarctic, potentially Nike Kyrie 6, a Nike Air Max 90 in women's, another Nike Air Terra Antarctic, and another one, Adidas NMD R1 in basically all gray, 
another one in core black with gray and a little bit of blue on the midsole, followed up by Nadita's Donovan Mitchell issue one in the Joker colorway for $100. What a great price point for a performance basketball shoe. And the one that's probably the most eye-catching I wouldn't personally wear is the Nike, not Nike, the BBC Reebok Answer 5 for $180. This looks to be a blue, yellow, and purple. And that'll be it for sneaker releases for the 26th through February 1st. And lastly, some cool content before I head out. Complex Sneaker Closets with Rick Ross. Absolutely stunning house uh, or estate formerly owned by Evander Holyfield. Rick Ross does a great job of sharing his personal connection to his sneakers, along with going into a little bit of detail how he feels about his leaning collaboration. We also got to see Zion Williamson in his debut game against the Spurs. First three quarters, a little shaky, but the fourth quarter, 17 points in a few minutes. You can't be mad at that. I mean, he's 19. It's his first game after being injured. All that pressure and to do that, pretty amazing considering the circumstances. And staying in the NBA, we got to see the Chicago All-Star releases in uniforms, along with the All-Stars. We got to see LeBron as captain and Giannis as a captain. Further, we got to see the upcoming Off-White Jordan 5, a potential Off-White Air Force 1, some Jordan releases, and more, which I'll cover in a later episode, along with the uniforms, which, very interesting choice. Uh, but we're getting some unique colorways for the Nike signature athletes. And that's going to be it for today's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed digging into Travis Scott. If you do like it, make sure to follow us on your favorite podcast platform. As always, new episodes every Sunday. I'll catch you next time.